0: button you press when you say go? <laughs> or, are on, or, or are we on? Am I already embarrassing myself? Oh, all right. Great. Well, good morning, Beaver Falls. Hopefully we uh, got a lot of people listening on social media, which I still don't know how to use completely, but um, we're going to praise the Lord together this morning. We're going to worship the Lord and hope that uh Wherever you are, you can sing with us in worship this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this day. We worship you in whatever situation we're at, Lord, because you are good. Your mercy endures forever. We need not fear, Lord, because you are with us. So we worship you this morning. In Jesus' name.
1: Give thanks the Lord
2: our God and King.
1: His love endures forever. For he is good, he is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. With my mighty hand and outstretched arms. Love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn. Love endures forever. steady Son, His love forever, and by the grace of God we will carry on, His love ends us forever, sing praise.
0: Hold on to God's promises during these times. We know that God is good and He is faithful and He he loves us and we have nothing to fear.
1: Crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield. No trouble linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angels is always by my side. The one who reigns forever. He is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies. is always by my side. My strength is in your name. For you are you will be me. yours is the victory, whom shall
2: I fear,
1: whom shall I fear, I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind, the God of Israel always by my side, the one God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies Is always by my side The God of angel armies Is always by my side And now Oh whole world. The God of angel armies is always by my side. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. i Hope in the promise of love. The... Your promise sure you will not let go. There is hope in the promise of the cross. You gave everything to save the world you love.
2: And this hope
1: God will stand unshaved.
0: you and thank you this day. We thank you that you've given us your promises stand in faith and not fear this morning. Help us to be like Peter before he saw the wind and waves, keeping our eyes on you and not on everything around us that's going on. us to be strong in you, Lord, during this time, that we may help others and reap a harvest for you. Lord, you are the anchor for our souls this morning. You are our anchor. We hold on tightly, not turning to the left or the right. We give you all the praise and all the glory this morning. Thank you that you loved us, even though we were yet sinners and didn't deserve it. In Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Well, welcome, church family, online. It is definitely... A new day, a day we've never experienced before in the life of church as we know it. Uh, it's gonna take me a little bit to, uh, remember to, uh, look up to the camera, not to the crowd. So this is gonna be a little bit different. Uh, we'll try to keep myself from, uh, looking down at the seats instead of up where you are at. Our camera's up in the balcony, so might be a little different. Um, I just want to pass all along uh, just a couple of things uh, with things where they're at right now in our country. Um, we don't know what tomorrow may bring, so though we make announcements today, tomorrow things may very well change. But uh, as of right now, uh, it looks as if for the next few weeks we'll probably be doing service live. And so uh, hopefully this is coming through okay for you wherever you are at um, but it was um, mentioned that I was hoping to have some kind of opening of the church during the week, which I hope to do, but from the sounds of it, um, there may be an announcement later on today saying that they don't even want people going out except for uh, extreme situations like getting food and those kinds of things and going to work um, for those who are needed. So um, I'm still kind of waiting for that announcement before I make any kind of specific um Statements, but uh, I, I am looking at possibly having uh, things like Zoom small groups as well as other avenues to meet one-on-one as a group. Um, but if there is ever a need that you have, this is the time uh, to make sure that you call uh, email, text, whatever works best for you, message me, um, but we do want to uh, be here for you as the church and uh, just let you know that I am available now, probably more than ever, with the way uh, everything has been canceled, uh, definitely has opened up my schedule a little bit, so I definitely want to be available if you are needed, just give me a call and uh, we'll make sure that we connect um, the church will be open, so anytime you see my vehicle, if you want to come and uh, have some time in the sanctuary just to pray, uh, maybe to have some worship time, uh, we can get some music on for you. Uh, but we want to uh, continue to uh, seek God during this time. We have the opportunity, and hopefully with warmer weather, you'll get that that chance. So uh, things are definitely changing, and uh, we value all of you, and we miss you very much, and I am so much looking forward to this thing passing so that we can have time together again as a church family and get to give hugs and smiles and uh, have those opportunities to be together. Um, uh, Just one uh, more quick announcement before we get into the message today. If uh, you're still desiring. The church, uh, whenever you do see the church uh, open, um, you can always drop off your offering in the back in the donation box. Uh, you could also go to NexusChurchMN.com, and on that page, you'll see at the top there's a little tab that you can click on for uh, giving. And then it'll take you to our giving page and you can click on online giving and then that'll take you to a secure location where you can give online. Uh, We definitely still need funds to be able to make our church function and do things like online church. And so uh, we really appreciate those of you who support us even during this season where we can't gather together. So thank you in advance for that. Well, today was supposed to be our second week in our series on the five last sayings of Jesus on the cross. However, I just I felt like there was another message that God had for us today. And uh, as I was thinking about this this unseen attack that we have had on our world. It brought me back to a, a passage that I've preached on before. Um, I talk about it a lot. I guess everybody has their, their their Bible story that they most connect with, and this is one that, um, when I came across it years ago, it just resonated with me so powerfully. And it was the story that we find in Second Kings chapter six and so if you have your Bibles with uh, today, which I'm guessing if you're at home, you probably have a Bible somewhere or pick up your phone or whatever, and uh, get to Second Kings chapter six we'll get to that in just a second but that, this this unseen world that we are surrounded by um, is powerful and and though we're we're fighting this 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 virus that is supposedly unseen, to the naked eye anyway, uh, we have also a powerful God who is unseen as well. And He is greater than this virus. And so we want to take a look at this passage today and realize that our God is strong. and He is able to be with us no matter what. So we read 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 8. Once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servant, saying, At such and such place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. The king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus, he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. I just absolutely think that's hilarious. Okay, The details of these passages. And so we have the, the king of Syria going to war against Israel and much bigger and much stronger And he thinks that he's going to take out the Israelites. But every time he gets this great massive plan, he goes to attack and there's nobody there. He doesn't know what's happened. They were there and now they're not. This happened more than once or twice. And so the mind of the king, verse 11, of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and he said to him, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the great prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, this is the king of Syria, that I may send and seize him. It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and great army, and and they came by night and surrounded the city. So a few thoughts before we go on to the next section. Imagine yourself in that position, right? Always In these passages, I like to put myself in their shoes, and I, I cannot imagine being the Syrian king. Every time you make these awesome plans, you get everything prepared, you put all this effort into it, and you get to this place that you're supposed to defeat this little puny country of Israel. And every time you go, and there's nobody there. I would be furious if I was him. And finally he figures out what is going on, and so he goes and he sends for Elisha. Now this got me thinking this week about our own situation and how our enemy is against us and how much he desires to destroy us. Much like this king of Syria wanted to wipe out God's people, so the enemy of our souls desires to destroy us. We read in John 10.10 that he, that is the devil, desires to steal, kill, and destroy and Paul says in Ephesians 6:12 that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Our enemy has a goal and is to destroy what God created. It should not surprise us that we have this kind of microscopic attack, this virus attacking us today. Our enemy desires to seek, kill, and destroy. We are in a war and we don't even realize it. But God wasn't done yet. And though he was surrounding the camp, the the Syrian king, God had a better plan. So verse 15 then goes on and says, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, and behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? There was no escaping for Israel this time. Now, I often wonder when I'm reading this passage, like the servant, Elisha, in in, The king must have been thinking, all these times we've been safe. We've been kept from this enemy. Why is it that this time God did not send? That word that would have protected us, that would have given us the ability to go to another location and evade this attack. Elisha's servant, I'm sure, was. More than scared. He was shaking like there was no way out. They were locked and ready to be destroyed. And you know, in this situation that we find ourselves, it's it's important to understand that it's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to feel anxious. It's, it's normal to question. And maybe maybe you're concerned about some of the same things that I've thought of. Right. Will our hospitals be able to handle the impact? That's the first thing that I thought of. Will we be able to have the ability to see through this financially? Will we go into a recession? Will we go into a a depression? Will my loved ones be safe? I don't necessarily care as much for myself. Like I I can God take me home. I'm okay with that, right? Like but my own family, will they be safe? Will I keep my cool with everything shutting down and being thrown up into the air and seeming like there's going to be no normalcy? Will I be able to keep my cool? Will I be able to teach my kids? <laughs> All of a sudden, now I have to be a teacher. Am I going to be able to have what it takes to help my kids get through the last two months of the school year? And will I be able to pay my bills? These are all things that are, are normal to, to have pressing into your spirit. But what I want to tell you today is that that should not destroy you. It's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to feel these things creeping up inside of you. But today... Much like what we're going to see in our story, they do not have control over you. God is not done working. Listen to what Elisha says. I absolutely love this part of the story. And this is Elisha telling his servant now. Just him and his servant. And he said, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who. Who are with them. I'm sure the servant at this point is like. Are you kidding me? It's me and you. Elisha like. Well, this is it. We're going to beat this massive Syrian army. with me and you. Alright. That sounds great. I don't know what you're on. but He goes on and says. Then Elisha prayed. Verse 17. And said. Oh Lord. Please open his eyes that he may see. That is my prayer for you today. That you would open your eyes and see. See not the anxiety, the reality that we're facing, like that's it's real. We don't want to downplay the depth of what we are dealing with. This is still going to happen no matter what. The virus is going to come. It's going to affect our community. It's going to throw a lot of things out of disarray. But there's something else that we don't see. Will you open your eyes and see? And so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down, so, okay, he saw the mighty army surrounding the chariots of fire surrounding them. And they were greater than the Syrian army. But guess what? The Syrian army still comes. They came down against Elisha. And Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, please strike the people with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of. Of Elisha, And Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. The one that they were after is the one who takes them to another city. And he led them to Samaria. And you can continue reading on your own. He brings them to Samaria and they open up their eyes and the Samarians are like, hey, can we just kill them? And Elijah says, no, how about you instead feed them and send them off? And they never attack again. It was a pretty cool. End of the story. The point that I want to make today is that those who are for us, God himself and his angels are greater than those who are against us those who are for us are greater than those who are against us there's no doubt that this virus is going to mess up our society it's going to take the lives of people it already has it might take the lives of people we know and we love it might affect our economy it's already affected our social connection as we sit in an empty church today And it will eventually affect our emotional stability of people we love and care about. But my prayer continues to be that God would open the eyes of each and every one of us. And that we will see that God will win the battle. God will win the battle. We are going to face all of this just like everybody else in the world has already faced it. We will face it as well. But we face it with the knowledge and the promise that God wins. God wins. Listen to some of these promises that God gives us in the Bible. This is something that you have to internalize, friends. Romans 8.28 says that those who love God, all things work out for good. This evil that we're experiencing, God's going to turn it for good he's going to make something good out of it that's what I love about this passage more than anything is bad things still happened to Israel this isn't the end of the story bad things happen but God pulls through and he gives them the victory in the end Hebrews thirteen five also says that God's never going to leave us he's never going to forsake us He's always going to be with us in Jeremiah 19:11 the infamous passage where it says that God has great plans and great hope for us not for evil and Philippians 4:19 says that God will supply your every need in the riches and the glory of Christ Jesus these are promises May God open your eyes and help you see that no matter what you are facing, you are not alone. You are surrounded by a God who loves you and will provide for you. That's what I get from this passage. He is for us. He will fight for us. I'm sure Elisha probably was sitting there thinking, man, God, why did you allow this to happen? You prevented... All of these things from happening before. How many viruses have we been protected for from the past that we haven't got? Why is it this time that God is allowing us to happen? We can have all these questions, but the truth is, is that God will be with us no matter what we face. And when we change our perspective from God is against us to God is for us, it changes everything. Because the truth will remain. God is for us. It's how we view it. And so where do we go from here? We take this this wonderful truth that we have read about today, that God wins the battle. But what do we do? I want to start off with being practical. And that's to say, stay safe. Follow the guidelines that our officials, the CDC... President Trump and, and his task force, these, these things that they've established are for your good. Romans 13.1 and 13.4 says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Whether we like them or not, God has allowed them to be in this place. Verse 4, Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. If you don't know what's going on right now, Uh, You can go to the website, cdc.gov, and they will give you all the information you need. You'll have for days. Now, we don't take everything they say, and we don't allow it to overwhelm us. We line it up with God's Word, and we do not have fear. But we have to understand what is these guidelines that they're telling us, and follow them something that God put in my spirit early in this week, even though I did not like it. I did not like the fact that they came out with a limit of 10. I was okay with the 50 that they came out with on Sunday night when they said, we're limiting gatherings to groups of 50. I'm like, I can handle that. I can figure out a way to have church services of 50. We can make this work. I did not like it when they said 10. And I wanted to buck that. I wanted to go against it and say, no, we're going to still meet as a church. We're going to be the church. We need each other, especially in this season of this viral attack. We need each other. But I understand that as verse 4 says in Romans 13, they are here for our good. These statements that the CDC And President Trump have made are not to harm us. It's not to ruin our life. It's not to to make us into this little corner and, and, and destroy our every being. It's to help us to stay safe, to keep our community safe, and to help us to get back on our feet as a country as soon as possible. We have to trust that they want the best for us. And so stay safe. Do what the government has stated and secondly, not only should we stay safe, but we need to give our lives to Jesus. Give our lives completely to Jesus. That is the only way I know of to find peace during this time. And to rely on Him, not on our own understanding. The last time I checked, there's a 100% death rate in this world. We're all going to die. At some point, some of us may even pass away before this darn virus even gets into our community. We don't know our tomorrow. I want every person to know this Jesus. That saves us from eternal separation from the father. I want to ask a question. Who saved Israel in our passage today? Did their power, did the numbers and the warriors, did they save Israel? Did the government save Israel? Did the church leaders, the prophets, save Israel? The father sent the angels. And they gave word to Elisha. And Elisha heeded their message and told it to the king. And that's what saved Israel. It was God in his mercy that kept Israel from, from being destroyed by the Syrians every time. More than once or twice according to the passage. Likewise, God sent Jesus to defeat sin and death. So you could have victory and be with the Father in heaven. We know very clearly that in in Romans, we can read throughout Romans the, the, the fact that we are all messed up. We all sin. We all fall short. We all do things that God cannot be in the presence of. But Jesus, as we learned last week, provided everything we need to be in the presence of the Father. And today, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you haven't given Him complete control of your life... I encourage you to, to message the church, to message me, to call, to do whatever it is so that you can know for sure that you've given Jesus complete control of your life. He desires to be in unity with you, in a relationship with you. And for those of us who have called upon Jesus, who have given complete control to him, what can you do? How can you attack against this attack that's been on you? See, there's a part that we do. God obviously does his part, but God also calls us to do something in this season as well. The first thing that I know of is to pray. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. If you have experienced anxiety or stress or fear this week, here's a passage for you. Ephesians, or sorry, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Gee, thanks, Paul. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm like, Paul, you have no clue what we're facing. And then I remember that Philippians was most likely written in a jail cell where Paul's been beaten and he's been tortured and ridiculed and he's in these chains and most likely has got animals and critters all over him, gnawing on his flesh. And he's been without food. And he says, do not be anxious. I think he understands. But, he says... (laughs) In everything, no matter what you face, whether you have lots or you have little, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, may your requests be known to God. Seek God, let Him know what you're feeling. It's okay. He can handle your anger. He can handle your fear. He can handle your anxiety. But until you go to him and give him your requests, he can't lift the burdens. And listen to what he does when you go to him. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds on Christ Jesus. How do you overcome this attack that's been placed upon us? This, this, More than anything, it's a mind game right now. We haven't experienced the, the attack itself. It's been this mind game that's been put on us. How do we attack it? By going to God and praying. Giving Him our burdens. Allowing His peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your heart. Your mind. And number two, this is where Philippians 4 8 comes in. We will focus on truth. Your brain, I don't know if your brain's anything like mine, but my brain wants to focus on the negative, right? Like it's always thinking about, okay, what bad thing is next? What bad thing is next? How can I be prepared for the next bad thing? They're probably going to do something else, so how do I prepare for that, right? It's the negativity. And here's what Paul says. Focus on the good things. How do you attack and how do you fight against this, this pressure that's been placed on us? You focus on the truth. Finally, brothers, his parting words, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, what is commendable. If there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. When those thoughts come creeping into your mind of, will we have enough? Will I be able to teach my kids? Will, will we ever get to go out and do anything fun again? And so on. Start thinking about the good things. What good things can you focus on? Focus on the good. And the peace of God. Transcends all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds. Friends. As we talked about last week. God sees everything. And he is good. No matter what you're facing today. He's never going to leave you. And he's going to work whatever this is. That's going on in your life right now. Whether you are going through sickness, whether you're going through emotional strain, social anxiety and stresses, financial burdens, or even you're questioning God in this season, God is going to work this out for good. It may take their eight weeks they're talking about, it may take a year. We don't know. What's going to happen? But we know this. God is going to use this for good. He is going to turn this into good. We know this because that is the promise of God. This, is, this attack is of the enemy. And God is going to take what the enemy meant to destroy us for his good. That's how God works. That's how God has worked throughout the Bible. That's how God has worked throughout history. He always takes the evil that the enemy throws at The people of God. And he uses it for good. Every single time. And so today. Whatever you're facing. Understand that God cares. He is good. And he wants the best for you. He wants the best for you. And my encouragement for you. In these next few weeks. Is to find time. To be with God. And to develop your relationships. With your family. I'm telling you, this might be the greatest thing for some of our families that we've ever had. We are so busy as a culture that we've forgotten to spend time, good quality time, with our loved ones. This might be a way that God can use for good in our families. Spend time. Enjoy the time with your family. And if you don't have a family, let's figure out how can we connect you with somebody where you can develop that Find a friend, find a person that doesn't have somebody else and spend time with them and develop that relationship. And someday when we get back to being able to be together, I'm going to guarantee we're going to appreciate our church so much more, more than we ever have before. And so as we close our time, I want to pray and then I want to have a parting word before we uh we come back, hopefully, again next week. It is my hope this week to kind of put out things in, um, on the Facebook page where I can just send out uh, little encouragement, little passages of Scriptures and a prayer for you, uh, just to hopefully encourage you throughout your day. My goal is to do that around 7 o'clock in the morning so that you guys have that when you wake up in the morning. But I want to pray and then send you off with a, a priestly prayer that we find in Numbers chapter 6. That that God gave to Aaron and the priest to give to the people. But Father, right now, before we get to that, I want to pray, especially for people who are facing anxiety today. Father, I know, because I've experienced it myself, the questions... What will this look like? How long will this last? And I think more than anything, the unknown is what's driving the anxiety inside of me more than anything else. And so I pray not only for the anxiety that we're facing, God, but for the unknown that we're facing, God. I pray for peace. And, Father, when we start feeling that anxiety rise up, I pray that you will give us the reminder, God, that we need to come back to you and pray. It might not be a time where we can pray for a long time, but God, we'll give you that moment and say, I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do. God, I need you. And that you will give us those scripture verses to remember. Maybe it's just the, the, the simple Philippians 4, 8, that we'll remember that we need to focus on the good things, on the true things, on the praiseworthy things. And so, Father, I pray. That each and every person who is listening right now, God, would understand, God, that you care, you love them, and you want the best for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. I encourage you to go, write this passage down, and you yourself meditate on this this week. This is God's prayer for you, his people. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May the Lord bless you, protect you, smile and be gracious to you. And may his favor and peace cover you
2: this week. Until next week, God bless.